Welcome to my very first podcast. This is the Community Champions podcast and I am Zoe McEwen. I'm a community manager, strategist, and this podcast is going to talk all things community, which I think is really, really important, particularly if you're running an online business and you're wanting to reach a wider audience, you need to get good at creating that community feel. So that's what we're going to look at over the next few weeks. I'm going to have interviews with people who host fabulous communities, talking to their members as well, seeing what members actually think and what they actually want from a community and also looking at the different platforms that you can use to host your community. Because that is a question I get asked a lot. What's the best platform to host my community? And how do I get everybody engaged? So we're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks. So if you want to subscribe, of course, I would love that. And if when you listen at the end, you want to leave a review, that would be lovely too. So let's get started with a little bit more about me. I firstly want to say that I am not a social media expert. I do see communities, groups as a very different place and as working very differently from social media because it's much more personal, much more inclusive and really ultimately it's less about the content and more about the conversations when you're growing a community. So that's what I really want you to think about with everything that I'm I'm saying and particularly if you are somebody who is trying to start and build say perhaps a Facebook group or a community online on another platform you really need to think how do I get these people talking to me how do I get them engaging with me that's the difference between community and social media yes of course people that put up social media want some kind of engagement but what we need is this kind of two-way inclusive so that people feel like they belong. And that's the, the community idea in a nutshell. It's a place where people can feel like they belong. So, so that's, that's the aim. I do believe in, in growing your group and your posts organically. You can run ads and things like that, and you can direct people to your group. But for me, that kind of organic posting, seeing something evolve, that's not too heavily pre-scheduled is great for a community. A lot of pre-scheduling works very well for your social media if you've got a plan and a strategy behind it. And that's not to say that communities don't need a strategy, but actually what people want from a community is much more to know about you in the moment, what's happening with you, what are you feeling, what is going on in your world, your life now, this week, this month. So I am all about the community. I'm all about being very personal with people, getting conversations going. But the basis for all of this, for building and starting a community, has to be some kind of purpose that you want. So when I start working with people, I'm very clear to ask them, what is the purpose? What is it that you want from this group? And for a group or community to succeed, certainly in the long term, you need to have a very clear purpose for what you're using it for. Is it to make more sales? Is it to grow your email list? Is it to understand more about what your ideal client wants and needs so that you can develop more projects for your business? Is it to sell more products? Is it for more visibility? You need to be really clear. And if you can, as specific as possible and say, I want to have two new one-to-one clients a month coming from my community. 
So initially, it's about keeping it really simple. These are real relationships. These are people that you need to get to know if you're building a community. You want that kind of loyal networking club. And if you do it really well, it will be a gateway to their language, the things that they're interested in, what they want to talk about. And that will really help you if you get good at listening. And listening is another thing you need to work on for a community. The key for me and my community and the things that I teach come from my background as a secondary school teacher. So for 17 years, I was a secondary school teacher teaching dance and I loved it. I left because I needed a bit more freedom in my life and my lifestyle and I had three daughters um, and I just wanted some more flexibility to be able to have time off when I wanted and, you know, there's not that flexibility in teaching, but I absolutely loved teaching. Everything that I teach around community now, full circle, comes back round to everything I learned about teaching. I think of my community as my class. It's, it's like a classroom. They are my class. When I'm in there interacting, I'm thinking almost visually about that classroom. There's, you know, 30 kids in there, however many you've got in your group, your community. Perhaps two or three of them are looking out of the window, not paying attention. Uh, some of them, you know, rarely look up. There's a couple in the middle that are kind of answering all the questions all the time. There's a few on the side who you've never really spoken to. You, you don't know much about them. They're very shy. There's a few people at the front who just really keep their head down, do everything you ask them, behave really well, and you don't always notice them. So you've got that group, that community, that classroom. Imagine that, visualize that for your space, wherever your, your space is, your platform, where you're going to host this community. You want, you know, that, that classic kind of teach thing of asking you questions and, and wanting people to put their hands up. And you don't want the same few people just always answering the questions. You want more people. You want to include everybody so that you can see, engage how they're feeling. If the pace of the lesson is, is too fast, too slow, are people understanding it? Are they coming with you on this journey? And it's the same in a group. And whatever happens in that classroom is my responsibility as a teacher. And the same for you with your Facebook group or your community, wherever you're hosting it. You are the person that leads it. And whatever happens in there, the results, the feedback, the replies, the responses, the engagement that you get is down to what you put in and, you know, whether or not that that class succeeds and um, achieves good grades at GCSE is, is down to a large part of what you teach them and how you inspire them, how you help them to make progress, how you help them to reach that end goal as a teacher. And you know, I know that what happens in classrooms is very different. Every teacher has the same curriculum, but they don't all teach it the same way. They don't all get the same results. They don't all inspire the children in the same way. There's a different feel depending on which teacher you get. So if there's eight English teachers all working to the same curriculum, what happens in those eight classes will be a very different experience for the children. And that's the same with you and your community. You will not be the only person who has a community for the thing that you, 
your niche. So maybe sort of menopause or something like that, or it might be around um, food or cooking, baking cakes. You won't be the only person that has a community based around baking great cakes. There will be other people, but what happens in yours is specific to you, your journey, and how much of you you share with them, your personality, and the community that you create in there. So I hope that helps you a little bit. I'm going to talk more about that because it is something that I return to a lot. You want them to feel loyal and safe in there so that when you do ask questions, everybody in the class feels comfortable to answer. They don't feel awkward. They don't feel like they're going to get it wrong. You're going to judge them. Everybody else in the rest of the room is going to make them feel uncomfortable. We want to create a loyal space where everybody comes in the door understands, feels welcome, sits themselves down, knows what's coming, doesn't worry about putting their hand up because they've had some nice general chit chat with the teacher as they've come in. The teachers put them at ease and they're like, okay, yeah, maybe maybe I like it in here and maybe I can answer some questions. So we want you to, to get good at making people feel at ease but also moving them forward. And that is part of your job as a community. We don't want a stagnant, we don't want a space where nobody makes any progress. We want people to move through. And that might mean leaving as well as new people arriving. But we want to feel like there's growth and there's somewhere to go. And that's really important for a community too. So be that teacher that's always there to listen, respond, but that isn't going to do your homework for you. And hand it back to you completely done and say, oh, you've got it wrong, but I I sorted it all out for you. And yeah, you've got an A. We can't do that as a community. As a community, we can't give all of our answers constantly for free in there. We can create a space where people feel happy. We can create a space where we can support them to a point. But it's not a place where they can just go dive in, access all the answers and leave. Because what happens is then you create a very empty space and you'll probably find that you'll be on your own giving far too much of yourself, far too much of your content and still nobody replies or comments or engages. And that's because they know they can just dip in, access a load of stuff. You're going to give them a lot of the answers, all of the things that they need. And then they can just back off, disappear. And there was no... There was no reciprocation. They didn't need to join in anything to get that with you. So it's up to you as the teacher, the host, to create a space where they understand that there's boundaries and there's rules. You can't just hand your homework in late every week and expect me to answer it and uh, mark it and hand it back on time. The same as everybody else who gets their homework in on time. So we have to lead by example and show them that there's a way of working and and this is how it is in this community and that's something we need to set up from day one from the beginning we need to be transparent with people really honest i run my free community i run my free facebook group which is called growing a successful online community i run that for free it takes me some time and effort and i love to chat and get to know people in there But from day one, from the time that people arrive, I am honest and transparent that I run this as a business. 
this is what I help people do as my paid service. So yeah, we can all chat in here. We can get to know each other. and I want you to feel comfortable. But ultimately, there's going to be, I use this phrase and I say, you know, I love you, but I can't just give all of the answers away for free. So there has to be boundaries and you are the person to establish those when you're starting your community. And if you feel like you haven't, don't worry. Any, you, you know, we can change that. We can come back. We can um, tweak things. You can modify things. If you feel like you've been giving everything away for free and, you know, it's not working, it's not feeling good for you anymore and it's maybe not working for them either, then, you know, don't worry. That is something that you can definitely change. I want you to know why you have this community and why you built it. I talked about that a little bit earlier. Making that clear to people and not being afraid of telling them about your paid services is really important. If they're going to come on this journey with you, buy into your your techniques, your methods, they need to know that you are somebody they can trust. That's really what all of this is about, building that trust. So the more you share, the more real you are, the more of your life they see, the more you want to share with them, because really we want to make this a special place where they feel like, I, I, you know, something funny happened and I knew everybody in my community would love it. So I wanted to go in there and share it with them. That's the kind of atmosphere that we want. But when you have something to sell that you don't, you know, I've heard people say before, oh, I've got to do all of this nurturing. I'm doing stuff like six months of nurturing and just chatting to people. Well, you haven't got to do that six months of nurturing. Sometimes people who arrive in your group, they want help that day and they maybe buy into your paid services that day, that very day they arrive. But actually, if you just nurture people for six months and you're a bit cloak and dagger about any of your paid services, they get suspicious. And when you do put your paid services out, they're a bit shocked. They're like, oh, okay, well, I just thought this was this nice free community. I didn't realize um, that was what you were trying to do to us. So from day one, if you're starting a community, be really clear about the purpose of the community for you and why you've established it and, and how how it can help them. Of course, that's important that they know that too. So two things we know about people, and this is just a bit of an overview of how I look at communities, because I don't see communities as places where you should be heavily posting lots of content that perhaps comes from your courses or your training. In fact, anything that sounds like a training or is called a training, I don't think has a place in a free community. Those you would say for your paid communities. And I'm going to, over the over the coming weeks, I'm going to distinguish between free and paid communities because there is quite a difference in how they work. Um, whether you're a community manager or you're running them yourself, there is a difference in in the approach to both of them. And there has to be, I mean, that's kind of obvious, but there has to be, because if there isn't, and you don't make a very clear distinction between the two, why would anybody move from your free community to your paid? So we need to be, we need to be clear on that. But some things that we know that we can use in our free communities, if that's where you're just starting out, people are really nosy. People are interested in people's lives. That's what community is all about. But they're nosy. You know, um, one of my best 
posts in my group, which is about growing a successful online community, was when I took a picture of the inside of my fridge and, and was talking about that. That got the most engagement, the most conversation. And then I was able to really get to know some people. Some of those people who, in my imaginary vision of a classroom, were sitting on the sidelines and who I'd never spoken to before. But I posted this picture of my fridge and suddenly a few people were like, oh, okay, that's interesting. You know, that that sort of raised that, that nosiness bit in people in a good way. You know, it's not a bad thing. And the other thing is, again, in a good way, that people like to talk about themselves. They like to share. They like to think that you're interested in them. They like to join in. So give them that opportunity in your community to join in. Ask their opinion. Find out more about them. If you've got a dilemma, go to your group, go to your community and ask them. Anybody got an ideas about I'm struggling to uh, get this plant to survive or I'm struggling to bake this cake. I can't make Yorkshire puddings, something like that. You know, even though it's completely off topic, your group love to help you. Your community love that you've thought of them and thought that they might be the ones to come back and support you. That's really important too. So as I've said, I am not really about social media. I don't love social media I, I I do it for my business, but I really love the, the community aspect, the conversations, getting chatting with people, being able to listen and understand what they want, um, learning more about them and spending time. The things that I teach do take a little bit more time, you, you know, to build those relationships, you do need to be a bit more personal with people. And it's not something that can be done in too much of an automated fashion and that's what I love about it I love that so if you're somebody that loves everything automated and doesn't want to have conversations with your ideal client particularly or you're already getting you know a steady flow of leads and you really don't think you've got time to or or need to grow this audience then absolutely you know don't do it because a community doesn't work if you don't want to devote some time to it But if you see its importance in your business and you treat it as a business activity, it doesn't have to take a huge chunk of time in your day and it can be really, really valuable space for you. Every community is different. So I'm going to talk about lots of different types of communities. Every community has its own dynamic and you should make that so with with who you are, how you speak, how you describe things. Um, That should really come across. So even if you are going into a niche where there are a lot of other people who run communities for that niche, the thing that will make yours unique is you. So you need to be more of you. You need to share more of your everyday life. The things that you think no one is interested in are always the things that they are interested in. Try to just be as organic as you can. Try to not heavily schedule stuff months in advance, just to see what flows. You may take a little bit of time to get to get used to doing that. And I know a lot of people that I work with say, oh, but they're not interested in me. They are, they're interested in the person behind the brand. That's really what a community is all about. If you're not interested to show them any slice of the person behind the brand, then, you know, stay on another platform. You don't need to create a community. It's somewhere that is for people that genuinely want to dive in and learn more and make those real connections. 
It doesn't matter whether you've got a big or a small community, they all work exactly the same. When your group gets bigger, they need slightly different things to keep them going and maintain them. So one of the things I would say is don't race for the numbers in your community. Let's work on the connections and get those really established first before we race ahead on increasing our numbers. And make sure, and this is again something I'm going to talk about lots, because it's super, super important, make sure that you've given people a reason to join your community and a reason to stay. A reason to join, a really good reason to join. Like today, you've got to get in there because of this is happening. And then a really good reason to stay. Like there is future. There are other things coming up in here. And sometimes people forget to share those kinds of things with their community. So I'm going to be here to remind you about those things as we go through. One of my things also is community conga. Uh, I'm going to talk more about that. I'm just going to whet your appetite with what community conga might be and leave that with you. And just to finish this final one, for me, the, the things which will really help you are keeping a good energy. So trying not to get disheartened. If things aren't working, test other things, but be positive, keep your vibe high, go in there, find people to chat to, enjoy it. It's really, really important that you enjoy your time in your group. If you're not enjoying your time in your group or your community, then you need to come out, you need to reflect, maybe get some help from somebody else and then get yourself back in there because if your energy is off and you're not enjoying it, your community will feel it and they'll do the same. They'll just be feeling like, oh, it doesn't feel like a great place in here anymore. And engagement is crucial. Without conversation, without that two-way chat, there is no point for your community. So anything that starts a conversation is a good thing. And then I'm going to talk more in the future about what you do with those conversations and how you lead them in different directions towards the things that you want and the things that they need. So I think that's enough about me uh, and some of my methods and sort of getting you started with thinking about communities. If you have enjoyed this, then of course, you know, subscribe so that you don't miss any. Uh, Leave me a review. I, as a community person, I love to hear more about what you're thinking and how it went for you. And if you have any ideas of anything that you would love me to talk about or people to interview in the future, then please do leave those in the reviews as well. Okay. Thanks for listening.